The title of what I want to talk to you about this morning is It's Never Too Late. It's never too late. I've had it on my heart that there's people in here and all over on the Internet and every place that Keith told us, I've even got the date. I wrote it in my Bible. Some of you can tell me when it was. Here at the church, let's see. Some of you may remember it. 519, this is the year that dreams come true. How many of you remember that? But it was like when he said it, people were afraid to dream. It was like they were afraid to pick up that dream that they had had because they were afraid it would not come true. And one reason that they were afraid it would not come true is because they trust God like they trust people. The only relationship that they have with God and the only trust that they have and know of God is the trust and relationship that they know of people. They don't know a God other than they know of spouses that they've divorced, that's lied to them, that they've poured their whole life into and told them all about themselves and given their whole heart and soul to and thought that they would be together forever. And they've let them down. They don't know of a God but of a parent that's physically abused them. They don't know of a person in their life that they can put their whole heart and soul and just fall back on and trust. So they have no relationship to base a trust on. They have nothing to compare Anything to a truth that they know anyone that they can say this is of a truth. But turn with me to some scripture this morning and let's change that. Numbers 23, 19. And I'm sorry, people are leaving. Maybe they came to hear Keith. I'm sorry, he's not here this morning, but he told me to tell you that his jet flew 507 miles an hour yesterday. And um, he is in Canton, Ohio. He's already preached once and probably in well into his second, and he'll have to preach again tonight. And uh, he preached last night, and he is fired up. So um, it's going really, really good. And... Um, He is excited about all the things that are going on, and he is preaching on himself faith. So uh, uh, it's really, really good. So uh, he is glad to be there, and it's going real, real well. And the youth are awake this morning. I've got a roll call I was supposed to do this morning. Should I do it? I told them they couldn't go last night and get in at 3 or 4 this morning unless I did a roll call this morning. You think I should do it? Nah, I trust them. I trust them. They are the best. They did really, really good last night. They did really, really good. I trust them. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man. That he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it? And shall he not do it? Or has he spoken it? And shall he not make it good? Let's look at a couple of other translations and maybe it will come real, more real to you. 
The NIV says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. Did he speak it and then not act? Did he promise it and not fulfill? Has he ever? No. The Living Bible says, God is not a man that he should lie. Now this I like. He does not change his mind like humans do. Has he ever promised without doing what he said? The Living Bible says, God is not a man that he should lie. He's not a human that he should change his mind. He ever, has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? I have a heart for people that have no one in their lives that has ever been honest with them. I am so thankful that I have a husband that has never lied to me. I can't ever recall him ever lying to me, ever. When he tells me he's going to do something, he does it. I, I don't, I can stand up here and tell you I do not ever remember that he has ever lied to me. And we have been together since we have been 13 years old. And I do not ever remember him ever lying to me. So I know that I have a foundation that I can base something on in trusting God because I have a man that I can base it on. But people that don't have that and all they have is humans, parents that's lied to them, bosses that's lied to them, husbands that's lied to them, family members that's lied to them. It can be a tougher situation. To actually trust a God that they can't see. But God is faithful. If he said, I will wash away all your sins and I will not remember them anymore. That's what happens. He washes them away like a tidal wave and he does not remember them anymore. So for you to bring them up to him again, he's going to go, what are you talking about? I don't remember that. What are you talking about? If he makes a promise to you and tells you something, he is going to keep his promise. He cannot lie. He says he swore by himself. He cannot lie. There are people in here that have said things over the years. Like you said, okay, when we got married, you, you may have run off and got married and you said, one day we're going to have a big wedding. You dreamed it. You had a dream. You let that dream slide. You never had your big wedding and honeymoon. Why? Money, time, things happen. You let that dream slide. What is this year? Dreams come true. Other people said, I'm going to get that degree. I'm going to get that degree in architecture. I'm going to get that business degree. I'm going to get that accounting degree. I'm going to get that degree. I'm 60 years old. I've not done it. What difference does time make? Did God deal with you then to do it? Is there a difference in time today? People look at things and they put their own time frames on things. And if God dealt with you then to do something, he's not changed. Look at your dream. Why did you quit? What does it mean to quit? 
I looked up some of the definitions on quit. To abandon or to leave. To discontinue. To give up as in defeat. That's what quit means. Now, if you were looking at this from the devil's perspective, could you tell the difference in if you were defeated or you chose to quit? Do you understand what I'm saying? From the devil's perspective, if you chose to quit or you were defeated, what, what's the difference? It's the very same result. He accomplished his goal. You didn't accomplish yours. There are people all over this place that God has put things in your heart that you have dreams about. There are people in here that have had desires and dreams to have children. And some medical thing came up. Some tiny little medical thing that the devil did. And you threw your dream right out the window. Because the devil did something. But it's been a dream of yours since you can remember. But because the devil did some little something, you threw your dream out the window. Well, God said he would give us the desires of our heart. And if our desires are not contrary to his desires, he will give us our desires. There's people in here that have had dreams of starting their own businesses. There's people in here that's had dreams of going into the ministry. There's people in here that's had dreams of getting married. There's people in here that's had dreams of having a good marriage. But you've just given up and quit. And why is that that you would quit? It's real simple. Because you're trying to do it on your own. You're trying to fix things for yourself. You're trying to make things work for yourself. Let's look at a couple of things here. Hebrews 13, uh, well, let's start at Hebrews um, 10. Dreams are something, I remember one time I was in, I don't even know if we knew the Copelands that well then. We were in a Southwest Believers Convention. And we purposed, even back in those days, well, before we knew the Copelands or the Hagans, before we had personal relationships with either one of them, we would stand outside for hours to get first or second row seats. I mean, we would stand out there. We'd get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. And we would stand outside, and we would get on the first or second row every time. This is 20-something years ago. Because we wanted the word so bad. We didn't care what people thought. We didn't care if we got any sleep. We didn't care if we got anything to eat. We went and we stood. I can remember at camp meeting, we, the first camp meeting we went to, we got lost every single night going back to our hotel room. So we maybe got there long enough to take a shower and get changed to get back to our spot to get back in the convention center to get on the front row to be able to hear Brother Hagen. And the same thing with Southwest Believers. We would, But we could walk there, so we had a little bit longer time to sleep a few minutes and then get back in there to get our front row seats. Well, this was before we even knew Brother Copeland. And we were sitting there on, a, on the front row, and uh, I don't think he even knew who I was. There's no way he could have known who I was. And he called me out in a service one time, and he made me stand up. And he said, you've stopped dreaming. You must dream. You've quit dreaming. In other words, if you don't dream, there's nothing for God to fulfill. If you don't have some vision or dream out in front of you, there's nothing for God to fill your heart. But why don't we dream? Because we've been let down too many times. 
Because the dreams that we've had haven't come true. Hebrews 10, verse 35. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. The Living Bible says, do not let this happy trust in the Lord die away. No matter what happens, remember your reward. Now, can the devil throw some stuff at you? Has he thrown anything at anybody in here that made you stop? Is he good at throwing stuff at you? Is he good at, okay, say, for instance, you're believing God for a baby. This is a real good one, okay? Say you're believing God for a baby. Can he make your female organs look like they quit? Now, that would, that would be a real good test, wouldn't it? What does this say? Don't let this happy trust in the Lord die away no matter what happens. Remember... Your reward. Did that say no matter what happens? Now, who wrote that? Who, who, who anointed that that be written? The Living Testament. New Living. It says, don't throw away this confident trust in the Lord no matter what happens. The English version says, don't lose your courage. Then because it brings with it great reward. It's real easy if we don't have confidence in Him. If we trust in Him like we trust in people, it's easy to lose our confidence. But he is not like a man. If he said it, he will do it. Say that with me. If he said it, he will do it. Say it again. If he said it, he will do it. Now, he is not a man. Just because your spouse has lied to you every day since you've known them, and just because your mother or your dad or your brother or your sister or your best friend has let you down time after time after time after time, and you don't know anybody that you can trust, you can trust him. He has never, ever, ever let you down. You have let you down by quitting. But he has never let you down. And he will never let you down. Let's read some more. First John. Let's confirm this just a little bit in our hearts. Chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. And this is the what? How can you have confidence in somebody? What is confidence? Confidence is trust. Believing in. Relying on. Confidence. That we have in Him. If we ask what? Anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the job, the baby, the house, the good marriage, the kids, 
the ministry, the business, the petitions that we desired of him. Now, this is the confidence we have, not in our husband. We didn't pray to him. Not in our neighbor, not in our spouse, not in our mom, not in our dad, but in him. And he is not a man that he should lie. This is the confidence that we have in him. If he told us he'd give us another job, what will he do? If he told us he'd give us a house, what will he do? If he told us he'd give us a good marriage, what will he do? If he told us he'd spare our kids and get them off drugs, what will he do? If he told us he had a call in our lives and we have a ministry, what will he give us? If he told us we could have a baby, what will he do? Who told us that? Mark 9, 23. Who's saying this? Jesus said unto them, if you can believe, some things that are easy for me to do, I'll do for you on occasion, if I feel like it. It's not what my Bible says. It said, Jesus said unto them, read it with me. If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believes. All things are possible. Now, why hasn't that thing happened in your life? It's a little four letter word. It's called Q-U-I-T. Quit. That's all it is. Quit. You quit. You stopped. Yeah, the devil attacked you with fear. Yeah, he came against you. Yeah, but it all boils down to you quit. Because everybody gets attacked. There's not a person standing in this lifetime that has not been attacked with something. When they're standing for something, you're going to be attacked. That's the devil's job. It's his job to come against you to try to make you quit. But the only reason you didn't get it is because you quit. Read it again. Jesus said unto them, if you can believe... All things are possible to him that believes. The NIV says, if you can, Jesus said, everything is possible for him that believes. The Living Bible says, if I can, Jesus asked, anything is possible if you have faith. Anything. All. Everything. Now, name me something that that does not include. Cancer. Name me one thing it doesn't include. There's nothing, if you can believe. All things are possible to make your dreams come true. All. All. Luke 11. Verse 10. For everyone, everyone, everyone 
Everyone but Rick. Everyone but Mo. Everyone but Gaines. Huh? Everyone who asks receives. And he that seeks finds. And to him that knocks, it shall be open. Everyone. Everyone. Now, it didn't say. Now, I'm going to step on some toes here. It didn't say if you paid your tithes, if you, if you had your life right, if you were doing everything right, if everything in your life was right. It said to everyone that asked. Everyone that asks, if you believe. But you got to believe. The trouble with not paying your tithes is the devil will attack you and tell you, and condemnation will come in. See, there, there's a whole chain of events that happens then. To everyone that asks, you'll receive. Romans 8.37. I just want to read you a few scriptures, then we're going to get on to something more fun. (laughs) Got to lay some foundation. Yea, amid all these things, we are more than conquerors and gain a surpassing victory through him who loved us. Who is more than a conqueror? If what? If we don't quit. How can you conquer if you quit? In the Living Bible, it says, despite all this, our overwhelming victory is ours through Christ Jesus, who loved us enough to die for us. The NASB says, but in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us if we don't quit. The, then Hebrews um, 10.23 How do we keep from quitting? What happens? The symptoms come. The trials come. The tests come. And what do we do? We start talking about the other things. Well, I was going to do that. But you know what? I'm older now, and you know, we're too old to do that now. Did God change? Did His call on your life change? Did your heart change? Is there still a desire in your heart for that? So, what changed? Your confession, you changed. How do you make your dreams come true? Hebrews ten twenty three. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For what what is God? He is faithful. That's promised. 
The Amplified says, Let us seize and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope that we cherish and confess our acknowledgement of it. For he who has promised it is reliable and sure and faithful to his word. The New Living, without wavering, let us hold tightly to the hope we say we have. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. How do we build a trust in God? I played you a tape. Before we started. And it talked about some things. Did anybody get it? What was it? And his presence is everything we need. Everything we need comes from him. Wisdom, revelation, light, healing, strength, restoration, joy. Everything we need comes from him. But what happens in our life is the devil does everything he can to keep us from him. He keeps us too busy to be with him. We barely have enough time to read our chapter. We barely have enough time to spend any time with him. And when we do spend time with him, all we're doing is asking for something. It's like Keith used to tell about healing school. He'd say, I think we'd have a lot more people come to healing school if we had a drive through window. (laughs) To where it would not affect their lives at all. They could just come. They could drive by SDC 2 or 1. They could drive by room 345. And there was just a big window there. And I could stick my hand out the window and go, be healed. And they could go on their way and be healed. And it wouldn't affect their lives at all. At all. But sometimes we have to get in his presence. Sometimes we have to shut everything off and everybody off. And the TV off and the dog off and the phone off. And we have to spend time with him to get the answers that we're looking for. And we're in a society today that that is just not possible. Right? But that's why people's dreams don't come true. Is because they are not... There's a major difference between speaking in tongues and being filled with the Holy Ghost. Most people speak in tongues, a lot of people I'll say, speak in tongues, but most people know little to none about spending time in His presence. You know, I really, really, really believe this stuff about God will answer your prayers. I really believe this stuff. I really believe this stuff about when I spend time with Him, it works. I really believe this stuff about He gives me all the answers and all the peace and all the revelation. And I really believe this stuff about I couldn't make it without him. I don't just get up here and say that. 
I really, really, really believe it. And that's what makes people come to church and be cold. It makes you come and want the service to just be, okay, give me what I need and go. It's because you don't know that anointing, that presence with him. You're missing out on that anointing and that presence with him. That is something that no one can tell you about. That's something you have to find for yourself. That's something that you've got to find a night time when everybody's asleep and nobody's around and spend time with him alone. And you think, well, I got to get up and go to work the next morning. You'll be more refreshed the next morning than you've ever been when you go to work. That is how you will trust him. How do you get to know someone? How did I get to trust Keith over the years? When I was 13 years old, did I trust him? I didn't know him. How could I trust him? And when I was 14 and when I was 15... I trusted him as much as I knew. But you can only trust somebody in the area that you know them. I might trust Mo to come here and take care of the communion for me. I might trust him to work on all the servicemen's packet. I might trust him to serve me and cook me all the meals back there in the back. I might serve him to be faithful in everything that I've asked him to do. But I don't know a stinking thing about him paying his bills. Don't know. I don't know if he pays his bills on time. I would assume that he did because he's been faithful in everything else he did. But if you were to ask me about it, I couldn't tell you. So for me to trust him in that area, I can't. Now, I trust him in the areas I know him in, but I can't trust him in the areas I don't know him in. Now, you might be able to trust God with your salvation. You know you're saved. You have total confidence that if you died today, you would go to heaven. Total and complete confidence of that. If you died today, you're up, you're out of here, you're headed for glory land. But you don't have confidence to trust him where that baby's concerned. Because you don't know him well enough. You don't think he loves you that much. That he would care enough for you that if you desired that enough, that you've either done enough for him or you want it bad enough or that you, uh, whatever it would take, that you've. And that's not him. He said he would give you the desires of your heart. If you knew him well enough, you would know he didn't want your light bill to be late. And that he said, my God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. And if you knew him well enough, you'd know he didn't care if you had that $750,000 house across town. Or that $250 house across town. If you knew him well enough. Or if you knew him well enough and you spent time with him well enough, he would give you that wisdom and that revelation and that answer that you needed to start that business you wanted to do 50 years ago. And he'd give you something else that you needed. Let's look at a scripture. Let's look at Exodus. Exodus. 
chapter 14. Well, let's, let's look at um, chapter 4 first. I'll do a Keith and back up. We'll back up. We could go to Genesis if we wanted to. Chapter 4, verse 10. And Moses said unto the Lord, Oh, my Lord. You ever said that? (laughs) Oh, my Lord. Maybe he didn't say it quite like that, but that's me saying it. I felt that way. Oh, my Lord. I am not eloquent. Neither. Here of two or four, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but am, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. And the Lord said unto him, who made your mouth, dude? Get the picture? So, maybe you're supposed to start that business, or maybe you're supposed to start that new job. Or maybe you're supposed to do this thing for the Lord. Or maybe you're supposed to step out and do this thing you've never done before. And you feel mighty, mighty, mighty ill-equipped. What equipment do you have? What smarts do you have? What could he do? Could he speak? Did he speak to a bunch of people? Was he over a bunch of people? Did he feel adequate to do the job? Could God give him whatever he needed? What was God's answer to him? I can make you be whatever I need you to be, to do whatever I need you to do. All I need is you. What did that come from? Not knowing him. I made your mouth. I can make it talk right. Let's look at something else. Let's look at Joseph. What about him? Joseph, was he a bright, smart man? We don't know. We have no way of knowing how smart or how dumb he was. We do know that he was dumped into a pit. And what did God do? He pulled him up out of a pit. He put him over a household. Now, where did the skills come from, from the pit to running the household? Then where did the skills come from? From being in jail... To run in a country. Where did that come from? Who gave him that? Let's look at it. Genesis 39. Just the first part of that verse. Verse 2. And the Lord was with Joseph. That's where it comes from. If you've got the Lord with you, is there anything you 
cannot do. Can he make you to know and do anything? Who lives inside of you? What was the first song that we sang? The greater one lives where? In your neighbor. The greater one lives inside of us. Jesus said he left so that the greater one could live inside of us. And if the greater one lives inside of us, the greater one knows what? Everything. And he is smart. And he can show us how to go from being in a pit to running a household to running the known world at the time. Look at what happened. Let's see uh, where it was. Genesis 41, 41. Now, we don't have to be that smart for God to do what he wants to do with us. God can make our dreams come true. God can. This said, and Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen. So he went from being in jail to wearing the best clothes. He put a gold chain about his neck. So he went from being broke to being rich. He made him ride in the second chariot, which he had, which had to be, where's Thomas? The best car it was. Yeah. And um, that he had. And he cried before him and bowed his knee and he made him to rule over the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without thee shall no man lift up his hand or his foot in the land of Egypt. So maybe you didn't go to school. And then listen listen to this next part. Let's not leave it out. Verse 45. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name uh, Zaphonath Paneah, and he gave him a what? Uh-oh. For those of you who still believe in for a husband or a wife, all of this happened. Let's see. He put him over a land. He made, he made him rule over everything. He made him rich and he gave him a wife all in one day. Now, life can change quickly, can it? And was it because he was smart? It was because he was a What? It was because he was a what? What was Joseph? What was Joseph? This is the year that all of our what comes true. And what was Joseph? And how quickly did Joseph, the dreamer's life, change? Because how many opportunities do you reckon he had to quit? Reckon the day they threw him in that pit? He thought about quitting? And said, this is useless. I am a crazy idiot. These dreams are just messed up. He's only human. You can make out of it what you want to. It's in the Bible, so you can see it in a different light today as to what it was then. But that day when they threw him in that pit, reckon what he thought about his dreams. You are a crazy man. Okay? Then they pull him out of the pit and they sell him as a slave. That's two opportunities. Well, I got out of the pit, glory to God. Yay, I'm making progress here. Now he's a slave. But he did make some progress. He's running his house. Till what happens? Till this wonderful woman, you're trying to serve God with all your might, 
and doing everything you know with your dream. And this wonderful person goes and lies on you. Would that ever ever happen to you? People go and lie on you and tell lies about you and you wind up in jail. You reckon he something put out the fire on his little light then? And he's in jail in the dungeon. Jails aren't like they are today. It was bad. You reckon his dreams kind of started going out? He had to stir himself up a little bit. But he did. And he didn't quit. He stirred himself up and he got out of jail and all happened in one day. His dreams came true. It's never too late. It's never too late. It is never too late. You may think your child, your husband has gone totally bazonkers. You may think I was believing God for my marriage. Then he went and had an affair. If you still want it, it's never too late. You may think. I was believing for my child. Then they went and got worse on drugs. Told me they were gay or a lesbian. Got pregnant. Whatever the case was. It's never too late. It's never too late. Never too late. If they're still here in this body, it's never too late. If you're believing God for businesses, you're believing God for spouses, you're believing God for kids, you're believing God for answers, it's never too late. Never too late. What about the woman? Look at Luke 13. On the Sabbath day, verse 10, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues and there was a woman who'd been crippled by a spirit for how long? 18 years. 18 years. This is the NIV. And she bent over. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. And Jesus saw her and he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Maybe you've been sick for 18 years. And you've just decided, I have to take this diabetic medication for the rest of my life. Maybe I have to take this medication that they've got me on forever. I'll never be free of this. No, you can be free of it. It's never too late if you don't quit. You can't quit. You can't quit believing. We are what? Believers. We should be believing every day. Because we're believers. We don't quit. We are believers. How long? She had been bowed over for 18 years. How long did it take Jesus to fix it? Instantly. If we trust him, the problem is people look at it like, how long will I have to believe? If you get in faith, it could be done quickly. Doesn't matter how long it's taken. It could be changed quickly. And it's never too bad. I want you to see how bad this one was. Luke 8.27. And he went forth to the land and there met him. 
Out of the city a certain man which had devils, what? A long time. And he wear no clothes, neither abode in any house, but in tombs. It was a long time bad. And when Jesus, when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee? And it didn't take long. How long? uh, Verse 33, the devils went out of the man and they entered into the swine and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the lake. Instantly, the man was set free. And the man was not even in his right mind. They had to tie him with chains and fetters. If you read it in the other translate, in the other, uh, gospels, he was messed up. You may think your kids are messed up. Do you have to tie him with chains and fetters? No. And if God can set him free that quickly, he can set them free that quickly. It's all in us believing and trusting Him. He is not a man. He will not lie. It's us trusting Him and us believing in Him. It doesn't take long for God to do a miracle in our lives. What it takes is us trusting Him and us believing in Him. And how we get that trust is by spending time with Him. It doesn't just happen because you decide, okay, I decided that I trust Him and He's going to do this for me. That's great. You're going to have confidence that He's going to do this for you. But then the first attack that the devil comes... Most people have more confidence in the devil than they do in God. Because he will attack them with something and they say, it's all over. I knew it couldn't happen. Instead of trusting God who said, it's going to happen, they'll side with the devil and say, it's not going to happen. Because they have more trust in the devil because they've spent more time listening to him than they have listening to God. So how do you change that? You spend more time watching television. You spend more time listening to your sad friends. The ones that encourage you that it's not going to happen. That you're too old for it to happen. Like like Joseph's brothers. You're just a dreamer. No. You spend time with people that would encourage you and build you up. What about Sarah and Abraham? Were they too old? Was it too late? What about the three Hebrew children? Could God deliver them out of there? Who did they trust? Who had they been listening to? What about Daniel in the lion's den? What about all these miracles that we know about? How did they happen? Who were these people trusting? Who were they trusting? How do we get our trust turned around to where that we can trust God again? We spend time in His presence. We spend time trusting him instead of trusting what the devil says. We spend time in his presence instead of in the devil's presence. And we can turn it around. Guys, y'all come on up and I want us to sing another song. I'm going to throw another one on them. They love me. They love me. I think they know it.
You can't just trust your feelings. If you trust your feelings or you trust people, you're going to fall. You can trust God. Mark it. Draw circles around it. Numbers 23:19. Put it on your mirror. God is not a man that he should lie. God cannot lie. He will not lie. If he said it to you, he will do it. He said he'd give you the desires of your heart. He said that he'd supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. So if you still have needs, those are not met, then what's happening? Is God lying? Then you're quitting. He said, by his stripes you were what? Healed. Healed. So if you're still sick, then what's happening? You're quitting. You're quitting. God is not a man that he should lie. He said he gives us richly all things to enjoy. If you're not enjoying healing, if you're not enjoying health, if you're not enjoying blessings, then you're quitting. Because we are the conquerors, we are the winners in the end. And if we don't win, then what happened? We quit. We quit. People have got to begin to build themselves to where they are trustworthy. To where we have a society of trustworthy people. But we cannot look to people as to where we look as to knowing what trust is. We look to God. And He is our trust.